Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 430, I've invited two mom friends who've been on the show before, Brittany Turner and Angel Rashuti, to join me. I am doing ministry, and I don't mean that in a diminishing way or that that's all it's ever going to be. But when I sacrifice what I selfishly would want to do with the goal of serving another in the name of Christ, that is ministry. Brittany and Angel have both been on the show before. We put those links in the show notes. They are both also the moms to four young kiddos, and they have both attended seminary and are actively involved in ministry. So today we thought, how do we answer the question that I get from moms about wanting and desiring a ministry outside of motherhood and the tension that comes with also fulfilling the ministry within motherhood? So Angel and Brittany are, and I are going to discuss that, but here's the deal. Angel and Brittany have never met each other. Not only have they never met, they've never interacted until this call. So the beginning of our conversation is me just asking a couple of get to know you questions. And my hope, even in doing that, is this is something you can do. If you are meeting a mom for the first time, you can just meet them and see. And I'm telling you, within an hour, these gals were fast friends. In fact, we stayed on the call after I ended, hit the end record for another hour. So it's possible that you could have a potential really good friend out there if you just get the conversation going. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Angel, Brittany, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Hey. Oh, my stars. Hello. Um, y'all are in for a treat. If you haven't heard Angel or Brittany on the show before, um, we've put their links in the show notes. You can just pause right now. You can go back and you can go hear their full, full stories. Brittany came on to talk about postpartum depression Angel came on to share her story, her testimony of God healing her through some hard stuff. I don't know how to, like that feels diminishing. But (laughs) I'm super thankful for both of them. These are wise women. They both have been to seminary. They both have four children. And they both are real, real. (laughs) Real, real. So y'all are in for a treat. Um, Angel, would you take a second and introduce us to your family real quick? Sure. I am married to Tim. The TikToker. The the, the mathematician <laughs> um, that tries to get me to watch math videos at night after a long day with four kids. Um, times. Yeah, it is. And then I have four kiddos. I have two older, bo- older boys, eight and 11, and then two little girls that are one and three. And then I do a little bit of executive coaching and nonprofit consulting on the side. Bless it all. We're so excited to get into that. Okay, Brittany, introduce everyone to yourself and your family real quick. Yeah. Um, so I am married to a husband that is a musician. And so we've been in ministry, I think probably our whole relationship in some capacity. But I have four kids. My oldest is nine. So I have three girls, nine, six, and three. And then I have a little boy who's one and a half. And my three-year-old wants you to know that she's going to be four soon because December is soon. So she just wants mm-hmm. you to know that she's almost four. Yeah. That's good to know. It doesn't matter. 
When they're like, no, I'm but not yeah. three. I'm three and a half. No, mm-hmm. she's the, yeah, like, mm-hmm. I want you to know. It's funny because her brother will also be two, and I cannot believe that that time has gone by so fast. But I do ministry. I'm a Bible teacher. I do that. It's, it brings me joy. Okay, so we're going to start with the positives, y'all, because we don't want to come in <laughs> too negative. Okay, so I'm going to go easy. What are some of your mom's superpowers, which actually may not be easy for some people to like brag on yourself, but I believe every mom has their own brand and it really helps if you own the things you're good at instead of trying to be all the versions of mom. So who wants to go first? Mom superpowers, silly or serious? Well, I ask my eight-year-old son who's learning uh, humor and isn't really nailed it yet mm-hmm. without a little bit of meanness. And he said I had no superpowers okay. oh, awesome. last night. But then we had, yeah, it was it was a little down uh, <laughs> moment for me last night as I was cooking dinner for him. But then we actually used this during our dinner time last night and had a great family conversation. So oh, I was glad that you sent it. My thought when you first said that was, I don't know, survival. Like, <laughs> but then I started thinking about it and I was like, you know what? I a survivor. That is my story. That is my That's superpower. That's your story. Yeah, that um, is your story. That is my story and all the, from my childhood. And that is my story with, I have kiddos with several different learning differences and different things that we're navigating. And I think it's something that I got from my mom that is a real strength. Like when we have hard things come I don't know. There's something in me that's like Satan's not going to win. Like he's not going to get it today. And so I, I'm kind of proud of that. So I'm glad you asked me that question. I'm a warrior. It's a good one. I love it. Yeah, okay. a warrior. That's Mine, your identity. Mine's is not as deep or amazing. I was going to say I'm really good at Christmas. <laughs> like that's my thing. Heather, that's serious. Yeah, like so, I, no, it's for real. Like I'm that's like my tree is going to go up sometime in the next week. I'm really just trying to. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it's serious over here, guys. I could. This could be a whole separate podcast, but I'm one of those people that people don't <laughs> Before like. Halloween. Oh yeah, we don't do Halloween. We're just skipping right over that. Like just, I don't do okay. it. Okay. It's all right. No, no shade to anybody else. I just, I just feel like once we get in the burrs, the tree needs to go up. Like all the burr must September, November, <laughs> December. Yeah. Oh, all the birds. October, I got all it. The birds, okay. All the birds. It's bird. And even though it's not bird in Texas, tree needs to be up. It is a little mm-hmm. today. It's a little today. I know. Today a was Heather, beautiful. shut your mouth. It is not cold. It's it is a little. Degrees, it's rainy. Which is wonderful. And it's 70. Oh when you're coming off 114, it's, it's fantastic. Okay. My daughter woke up and put on her long sleeves. She was like, yes. I put on my I was sweating. it's cold. <laughs> yes. It was a week ago. I was at a sidelines of a football game. Drenched. Dying. Yeah. <laughs> drenched in sweat a week ago. This yeah. is 40 mm. degrees less. I'm going to talk about the weather. Yes, I am. Y'all can pause the podcast, go listen to something more interesting. But yes, burr. No. I appreciate yep, all the, burr all the burrs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get the Christmas. But, That's good. Yeah, it's because of the coziness, right? And so mine's is a little bit linked to childhood trauma. So like Christmas was okay. that one time. It, I didn't find out until I was an adult. And I was like, I was no. This was really a bad place mm-hmm. to find out. I was acting in a Christmas play, and I was like, I should do Christmas because I love Christmas. And he heard the backstory, and he was like, Oh, let's talk about that. And I was like, Oh, I had never had this written down. I didn't realize that this was birthed out of trauma. And so then I had to navigate a way through that. It's just my family was rough. Upbringing was just always mm-hmm. unsettled, but at Christmas time, it seemed to like pause. Mm-hmm. Like it was just they pulled it together. Yeah, like my dad didn't play when yeah. it came to Christmas. Like. We almost always, we, we didn't get everything we wanted, but we got a good amount. 
there were not always, I've since learned he did not always go about that in the best of ways, but as a child, I had no clue, but it was just the time where everything seemed to stop. So I just wanted to kind of stretch that as long as possible. So like if I pivoted this, this little small screen, you would see there's a mini Christmas tree in the corner. When my kids were born, regardless of when they were born, I was watching Christmas movies and they were typically, for my two that were born in December, they had Christmas trees in the room. I didn't care whether Christmas was over or not. Like tree stays up way longer. So anybody's come to my house is like, it's like a fern in the corner for them. Like they don't even notice it because <laughs> let's just like your first time you're like, she has a tree. And then you'll notice at night it's delight. It's delights. Yeah. You take the ornaments off. I don't put that up till closer to Christmas time just to save some ambiance. But like Christmas is my jam and my kids know it's like comforting to them to watch Christmas movies with mommy. Mm-hmm. Like Hallmark mm-hmm. was a thing. It's just, that's where we've been. And so I make Christmas really good. We have a Christmas bucket list that we do. It's super simple. Like don't, don't get your head. Like we be doing a bunch of things. It's like, we're going to make a Christmas treat together. We're going to go see, drive around and see the lights. We're going to have a movie night. Like it's super simple stuff that I actually got from somebody else. But Christmas is my jam. And all That's their good. gifts will go on Amazon, all the things. Um, but Affiliate links. Yeah, we were affiliate talking links. about the power of affiliate uh, yes. links. And if y'all have gift lists, this is Brittany's tip. Give the tip because that's a superpower right there so is making a couple bucks on the side. If you are an affiliate, an Amazon influencer, which I don't know what the requirements are for that. But if you sign up to be an affiliate, you can put the list on affiliate links. So like I live away from family. So they're always calling to ask what they can send. And I used to make Amazon wish lists, And then I realized I was giving recommendations in my everyday life. And so I was like, scratch that. These are things I'm recommending to them. I'm going to send them the Amazon influencers list. And so Christmas this year will be via that list. Now I will tell you the one downside is that Amazon wish list is when somebody buys it, it takes it off the list. So you do need to Um, like have your people communicate with you what they at least buy. But so actually, that you can remove it. Yeah, so you can remove it or at least let everybody else know. So I usually just do one group email with like the godparents, the grandparents, like any aunties. And I say, these are the requested items for the Turner crew. And then I add a few things down for mom and dad at the bottom. And it's a list. And then people just reply to the email. I got this. I got that. Or are you doing this? It really works really well between his parent, his mom, and my mom. They do majority of the buying. And then like the godparents, the aunties kind of pick up the, or they'll pick one thing. And so I try to do also varying price points. It's like a whole like wedding registry, I feel like, as I'm talking about I mean, about it. you really do Christmas. I Are do. You impre- and I do I'm it impressed. early. Like, I'm getting ready to start now. No, like, I'm impressed. I'm inspired. Is like, I probably, probably need to get to do this now. It's already September. Christmas pajamas have been bought. Them. Yeah, they're on the way to the house. <laughs> These are when the sales I mean, are going I feel down. Like you need to put... I'm not. I'm so serious. Like I feel like you need to put your link up on this. Oh yeah, yeah. on the show notes for Christmas. For sure. Like yeah, I can tell you where to get the matching pajamas. Like they're fifty percent off right now, guys. Like because nobody's thinking about it but me. No. One thing too, with all of us talking about being pregnant for a decade. I felt like my pregnancy nausea got worse with each pregnancy. Maybe it was just me. Now, I had boys and people would say that you're more nauseous when you're pregnant with a girl. I don't know if that's true. I just know that that first trimester, man, if I did not grab a ginger snap or have something on hand or stay fed, I was real sick. And I know other people that it was so extreme that they had to go on medication And that's why I was excited to have this podcast sponsored by Relief Band because when it comes to nausea, 
their product, the Relief Band, is the number one anti-nausea wristband that quickly relieves and effectively prevents nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. Relief Band is natural, fast-acting, and will last as long as you need it. It's 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and has zero side effects. What I did, Relief Band sent me one, and I was able to drive it over to the children's hospital where my friend's son, Pike, is getting his chemotherapy for his leukemia. And I was just really grateful that I had a product I could offer them when he's on so many other drugs and he doesn't want to be sleepy. He doesn't want to feel out of it, but he also wants relief from his nausea. So if that's you, if you are looking for a solution, you don't want to have to plan ahead for your nausea. You don't want to take a medication. Relief Band has an A plus Better Business Bureau rating. It has over 100,000 satisfied customers. And it is a great gift, like I said, that I was able to take my friend's son. So remember, you don't have to overplan for nausea relief or dose up six hours before a trip. Just bring your relief band and you are good to go. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer just for Don't Mom Alone listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code DMA, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F. BAND.com and use your promo code DMA for 20% off plus free shipping. All right, so what about kryptonite? I'm thankful that y'all could tell us your, your good things, but we all have the thing that we need support. We need our husbands to step in or a friend. We can't do it. We can't mom alone. Blood. What is it? Blood is my kryptonite. <laughs> Blood. Blood. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass out. I don't do that. Really? Thankfully, we have not had for any, a survivor. Like, that's <laughs> well. I mean, it's a different She's kind like, of surviving. We're yeah. not talking about emotional <laughs> versus a physical battle. Yeah, yes. It's okay. A, yeah, this is very different. No, if I see blood, I'm I'm on the ground. So like, I cannot do that. Yeah. And my kids know. That's my like, mama. You, if you're gonna bleed, I've got to like. It's serious. Friend. Can you do a, a wiggly yeah, tooth? My mom me. can't even do a loose tooth. Like she would be like, No, I can pull the teeth. No, she. If you. No, I can pull the teeth. She can't even. She can't hear you talk about it. Like if my mom was on this call and you said that, like one of my kids had a loose tooth, she would be like, losing it. No. She cannot do it. It is so interesting the different things. My husband's thing is he cannot cut fingernails and toenails. <laughs> Which so I've done every fingernail and toenail for the entire. Which that's a lot of fingernails that is a lot and toenails. Of so twenty a kid. Um, twenty a kid. That's eighty. When you have, mm-hmm. yeah, it's and a lot. Yeah. So, but he cannot do it. He yeah. will not do it. It's a hundred. Yeah. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. What's yours, Brittany? Okay, I was like everything else. Organization, guys. I am mm. not great at it. So I recently discovered. I think I have undiagnosed ADHD, but I think it's a thing. Mostly because my mom <laughs> told me in conversation that. My brother definitely was diagnosed. My sister was diagnosed. And then she went, they, she was, they were going through the diagnosis process. She was like, yeah, I definitely have it. And so I was like, so wait, all of y'all had it? You never just thought, let me just test Brittany to be sure. <laughs> like, but organization is my kryptonite. Like I'm, my six-year-old helps me get dressed with the outfits. She's much more fashion forward than me. Somebody oh got to come help. Stars. But see, here's the deal. And maybe you've experienced this, Brittany. Is it like I'm doing this podcast or I'll do an Instagram story and people like Angel will text me and say, I don't know how you do all this stuff. How are you doing all this stuff? How are you doing all these things? And I'm like, I'll tell you what I'm not doing. (laughs) Cleaning my house. Tell you what I'm not doing. 
organizing my shoes or my closet's a mess. The things that you do and then you're t- you're seeing what I'm doing and you're putting it on top mm-hmm. of. No, no, I don't no. have your list. I didn't do those things and I don't do those things. We're gonna and keep so the I camera feel right bad here. like yeah, you can you can't see my desk is a disaster. Well, I just I think you right should put here. a picture of that up online. Oh, I do. I mean, I could like of your closet I too. I used to film in my closet. Yeah. And there was like sports bras hanging down when I interviewed <laughs> Beth Moore. And she said, Well, I've never felt more welcomed. Like, well, there it is. <laughs> Me too. Like I just shoved everything. I was really glad this was mm-hmm. a narrow kind of very box. narrow. Mm-hmm. Very narrow. Okay, so you both have four kids. They're in the ages of like young elementary to toddler, newborn. Well, toddlers really. And I have the from your age up to adult, 18. What is what is life? But we both we all have four kids. And with four kids and the inability, you're very aware of your lack of control. Very aware. You cannot physically control four children. If you thought you could with two or one, you can a little bit better. So what war stories have you had? Like you – and I feel like a lot of it was in public because at home it's just chaos like – and nobody knows. But do you all have anything fun or funny that you can share that won't ruin their lives if they hear it? <laughs> Brittany, you want to go? I, so I could give a couple, but the, the one that's coming to mind right now is <laughs> – so you get to a point where you have multiple children and you realize that when one gets sick, <laughs> you're playing with the plague. Like, that's what it feels like. You just there's no amount of like isolation that helps like you. You start off and I think when you have two, you're just like, OK, I'm going to keep them separate. We're going to keep like there's just no there's so much cross contamination. And so it's at the point where like one of them coughs you're like infinitely worried that like, okay, what kind of cough is this? Like, are, are all of y'all about to cough? Like, what kind of medicine do we need to start doling out here? And then you're also, I don't know if you guys do this. Like, so when one of, more than one of them gets sick, I inherently am like, is it me? Like, am I going down? Like, I'm every <laughs> swallow feels different. Like, every cough feels like I, it might be me next. But. So what is your funny war stories? Because we're going to get to um, your ministry stuff too, y'all. <laughs> I mean, when I came home, I I think I can't remember how old my fourth was, but I went for my first like grocery trip and was feeling pretty good about it. And then I got home and I realized I had made it home with all the kids, but I did not have the groceries. (laughs) I had left them in the cart in the parking lot of Target, just left them. And it was like, well, that's a loss. Like they're just... There's there's no going back for that. So, that's but you know, so I, I came home with the kids. That's so really, I felt like that was a win, that right? Was a win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like you you really cannot. When we had the fourth, Tim came home and he's like super chill. Nothing really gets his blood pressure up at all. And he, the fourth was the one that took him mm-hmm. to Same. to his point of being like, oh. I can't handle all this. And he described it as a new tier of parenting because you just, there aren't enough hands. There aren't enough feet. Like it's just, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cause even with three, you can still play zone, you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you can even assign like the older one to help with four. It's just, it's chaos. It's chaos. It's chaos. And I know that people listen and I know that it is a blessing to have four children and I don't need, DMs, I know, and I know that there, I know that people 
would love to have four children. I know that exists. I know there are challenges for people and they don't have a choice. I get all of that. But I also know there are those who had different ideas of how their life would go, Mm -hmm. who were liking their careers. And when you keep adding kids, it does not make sense to do childcare. It gets Mm -hmm. kind of expensive. Your, Mm -hmm. Your salary does not compensate for childcare. And there can be Especially, okay, here's the story, Morning Glory. I felt like I was pregnant or nursing. For 10 years. For a decade. Yep. Mm -hmm. That my body was not my own for a decade. Like, when they say this is what people wear in the 80s, this is what people wear in the 90s. Okay, an entire decade, what I wore was pregnancy clothes. Which are not cute. Which are not cute. But that's like a, like, to me, that summarizes the length of time I'm sacrificing self for the survival of human beings. Okay, so there's that. And then if you have skills and you want to beyond motherhood, like you love being a mom, you love your kids, but you really had ideas of what you thought you would do with your life. You guys both have stories of trauma in your past or just things the Lord has brought you through and you want to minister to others who've gone through similar things. And you are wiping butts and cleaning up throw up and, and just trying to get through the day. So talk to me about, you're in each of you struggling through this. I know the ministry of motherhood is important, but I also have things I would like to do that maybe don't pay enough to cover childcare. Cause some people are like, well, just keep doing, just go do them. It's like, well, okay, that 20,000 a year is not going to pay for me to get childcare. I'm just saying, like, that's the There's real cost. There's a cost. So, do you guys I mean, have I thoughts? Like this is yeah, I have a ton, and it would take longer than we have to talk about it today <laughs> we got to like t- we got time. space it out. We Y'all want to get lunch and some coffee after yeah, this? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, gosh, even you just saying like the ten years, I'm hesitant, as I told Brittany and Heather before we started recording, to be forthcoming because it it doesn't sound pretty. Like I know it sounds selfish. I know that there are things that that God is needing to work out of me. But for me, it felt like just kind of losing, like I turned around and it was like, where did I go? Like, and I am not that kind of person. Like I used to truly, I mean, maybe not make fun of them to their face, but I definitely judged women who like their whole life was being a mom and that was it. And I wasn't going to do that. And then I turned around and I'm like, huh, sure enough. Here I am in stretchy pants and haven't gotten a new bra in a long time. Oh my gosh. And check out honeylove.com. The time that it takes to do the measurements, though, Heather. Where do you find the time? I mean, it's just like Target has some really great ones. I just got I just got some Target. (laughs) Put an Amazon affiliate link to some bra. I will leave it in the cart, girl. I'll leave it in the cart. You can bring it to your car now. They'll just drive up. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to Target with four kids at all. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that. But this is real. Like the image you the the. What I heard you say was, this is not who I thought I would become. No, no. And I think that that's true. Like, Brittany, I don't know, know how old you are, but I'm, I've am i passed the 40 mark. And I think that's probably pretty common for around that point of life anyways. But you have all of these things that you think you're going to do, you know, before you get married, before you have kids, before God introduces some pieces of your story that you didn't know were going to be there. And 
the reality is that changes what the your version of what the story was going to look like and God's version of the story, at least in my experience, have been vastly different. So Heather, remind me what your original question was. Like losing ourself, I think, in four kids and like the decade Just, of I mean, I think you're doing you're, you're describing the struggle. And for you, the struggle was all of that, like the the dissonance between what you thought would be and what was, and looking up and being like, where did I go? And for Brittany, Brittany, what do you feel like? Do you have that struggle or do you feel like you've been able to, in the margins, fit in ministry? So, I, mm, mm, mm. I mean, it's in the margins. <laughs> I don't know if it's fitting real well. Uh, but, no, I just told – I'm laughing because I was like, I thought it was just me because I literally just told a friend. I was like, I feel like I got to come out of my frumpy girl era because you're talking about pregnancy clothes. It's the postpartum wardrobe of, like, leggings, T-shirts, survival. These are, like, our army fatigues for the, like, mom of – you know, and you're right. It is just the cost. Like my husband, and I sat here with a financial crisis at the top of the year and we looked at each other and said, OK, do I go back to teaching? Because, you know, I was a teacher and still have my license and I had an opportunity and I homeschooled my kids the entire time. And we looked at it and we added it up. And like you said, it just didn't make good sense. But the weight, even though I we know that I do a job that would cost if we outsourced it, it does not take away the weight of like trying to pay the bills here. So then it, it came to a crisis point for us where it was like, I can't continue to do ministry work. That's going to take away from like billable hours to a job. And so then it becomes a wrestle that it had never become because for me, I didn't want to be an all consumed mom, but I knew that I was called to have a lot of kids. I grossly underestimated what it would look like. Grossly. <laughs> I think I think it's a byproduct of the trauma. Like you grow up and you grow up in a traumatic childhood. You think that if you can fix some of the things that you knew caused you trauma, that it would fix some of the weight and hardness and heaviness. And I tell people all the time, I was like, my kids ask me, she's like, Are, is it hard being a mom? It is absolutely hard being a mom. It is not a burden, but it is hard. Those are two different things. Like you are not so heavy that God is not going to give me strength. to keep. You are not, I do not regret having you as a person, but the weight of trying to navigate keeping you alive and raising you to know the Lord and to become a, a you know, a God-fearing citizen and that doesn't harm the people around you is heavy. And it doesn't necessarily fit cleanly in the margins. I think you said it best, Heather, at the top, like there are things that people look at me and they're like, oh, I could have never done that with kids. And I'm like, oh, it's where you, I can tell you exactly where that time is getting pulled from. Like, all the laundry is not put away neatly in the drawers. Like uh, my meals are not planned out, you know, for an entire week in advance. My clothes are a uniform of leggings and t-shirts because they all go with each other. That's my capsule wardrobe, you know, like there it, <laughs> it's taking away time from somewhere yeah. else. And that, that margin is because there is a cost like it does. But for me, the burden of conviction to the call and every time I've back, backed away to try to put it down, it's like almost like I would send reminders of why I couldn't. And why I needed to keep going. So I've just had to trust that the little two fish and five loaves I got is enough for him to use for whatever he wants. That is literally the passage of scripture. When I had my fourth, there was one day where I was like, I I don't have it. Like mm -hmm. I just the basics to like get through the day. I do not have it. And God brought that passage of scripture to my mind and just really, I mean, that was like for, I don't know, six to nine month period. That was kind of like my passage where I'm like, this is all I've got. I've got mm -hmm. five loaves and I've got two fish. Here it is. 
what can you do with it? And I know it is vastly, I mean, you just take through, especially when you have like a a space of ages, like we're getting to with our oldest where they're dealing with, we're starting to hit puberty, sweet heavens above, Uh, like, and all the conversations that come with that and trying to have energy at night for like the deeper conversations. But then you're like worn out in the day from the early childhood, all the things. And it's like, God, I, I know it isn't enough. Like, and I think I, I can't remember what you were just saying, but that like the heaviness, mm-hmm. it's the like weight, heaviness yeah. or a burden. Mm-hmm. The Versus weight, the it's like you yeah. you realize I I can't carry mm-hmm. it. Like that's the point that, that I feel like. <laughs> yes, it's like I do not have it to do this. Mm-hmm. So finding him on that place on the floor where you're just like I don't have it, and I know they need it. So like, what are we gonna do with this? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that the three of us are very capable women. I'm just gonna say it. We probably got A's. We put our energy towards something and we succeed, right? Motherhood, you put your energy towards it and it does not feel like a success. So it feels like fail, 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 fail. And I remember like the kind of mom I wanted to be, like the very present and patient and calm was not coming out. And I was like- Your ideal. (laughs) Oh yeah, because my A plus mothering was not coming out. And I had to wrestle through- okay, it's in wanting to be this A-plus mom that I'm actually sabotaging Mm -hmm. the whole relationship Mm -hmm. and kind of realizing I need to do my best, which included my own healing, my own health, Mm -hmm. and then recognizing I cannot be everything for my kids. God, they're his first. Like you, I think you do, you get to the end of yourself and you're like, oh, okay, God, you're going to have to fill in because I can't. And then that was just this moment of clarity that I think honestly saved my kids from me. (laughs) Me trying to make them into little idols is what I'm saying. Like my little trophies of A-plus parenting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, it does. I think the thing that I'm trying to – remember how this was because I didn't get this. Someone said it to me, but just we were never intended to be enough. Mm -hmm. And if we were, they wouldn't need God. And so, you know, and Heather, you and I have done like we kind of had that recovery background, but I think there is a blessing in I've tried for a long period of my life and I still do this. When there's stress in my life, usually it comes down to me not being okay with, I'm a limited human being. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly how God designed me to be. And it's okay. And that's the space where he feels like if in the miracles of scripture, like there, there was always a realization of what humans needed Mm -hmm. that they didn't have. So like with the five loaves and two fish, like they only had five loaves and two fish. And then God filled the gap. And so I think for like motherhood, when I think of it in that sense, it is like this wrecking to realize that you don't have it. And yet that is the moment where he is like, and I do. And for all of us, like for us to realize that in our motherhood and for our kids to realize, oh, they're not enough. And thank God there's God, you know? Yeah. I constantly point my kids to that. I think it was probably like two years ago when I was realizing like how much of my own stuff I need to unpack. And I think in like frustration, I I was talking to my eight year old. I think she, she wasn't eight at the time. She was probably like six. And I was like, 
I don't know how to do this. Like mommy is trying to figure it out. And a lot of times I feel like I'm trying to fly a plane while building it. Like I just don't have a framework for a lot of this. Like, and some of it was like, yes, emotional understanding and stuff like that. And being able to, you know, manage my own stuff. But some of it was just like, I like my family literally didn't clean the house on a schedule. Like we, we cleaned it at a set time that does not match with the four kids that I have, like in our variable schedules mm-hmm. of my husband being a musician and contracting at all hours of the day and night. And so I just didn't know how to do it. And so I just started telling her, mommy does not know all the things and I'm doing my best to figure it out. And you know, that God is going to meet. And I think just the idea that we try to fill up and be all things Sometimes we get in the way of God being what he wants to be to our kids. And so there are some times where all I am with my kids, and I think it almost reminds me of like grief because my kids have gone through like anxiety and anxiety attacks. Like that's the thing in our house. And sometimes all I can do because I am angry at their reactions, I've triggered myself, is to just try to like hug or hold or be present, right? And let God fill that gap. And then I pray out loud, like, my new thing for a while, because one of my kids was triggering me like multiple times a day was to pray angry prayers out loud. Like just God, I pray right now that you would help me not to hurt this child because you know what? Do you know what feedback I just got? What? He said we would be fighting in the car and you would pray out loud and it would make me so mad. <laughs> and I was like, if that is your biggest complaint, if you are talking to your counselor about so my mom a mom. Used to pray. Who instead of yelling at you, prayed out loud, Lord help you. I think you're going to be okay. But I was like, it was hurtful feedback. It was hurtful. I was like, dude, seriously, I was trying not to lose my ever loving mind on you four boys. It was going two ways. You know those uh, feedbacks where they that they do at school? Like, what does mom say all the time? What is mom? Yeah. Uh-huh. One of my kids literally put, Jesus, take the wheel. Because oftentimes I will just be like, Jesus, take the wheel. Like It's a breath prayer. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, that's we need It's those. a breath prayer. I just don't even know. If your greatest complaint is that I sought out the Lord's help, Lord, help your soul. Okay. Support for today's show comes from Jenny Kane. Maybe you feel like Brittany and Angel and I, you have maybe lost yourself in motherhood a little bit and perhaps you are looking to invest in yourself and maybe even your wardrobe. I want to connect you with Jenny Kane because they are this beautiful California brand that is a great combination of minimalist and effortless and totally refined. They have some amazing, luxurious cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories. They're going to elevate your everyday basics. You can have your basic wardrobe and look fantastic and not feel frumpy. I'll tell you what, I I mentioned already, they're cashmere sweaters. I have one and I really can't wait for Texas temperatures to drop below 70. I know that Angel's making fun of me that I said it was cold, but I can't wait to wear this sweater because it is in my color. And it has the details like I like, but it's just like, it's a little simple. It's a little cropped. Um, it it has the buttons in the front and I'm, I'm looking forward to all those compliments. Not only compliments for how it looks, but it feels amazing. They also have um, like a cocoon sweater. That's one of their best sellers. They have some great shoes that I saw. Really great, simple slip dresses. Really 
they focus on comfort, quality, timeless design. So when you get something from Jenny Kane, it's going to last and stay in your wardrobe and you're going to feel good about it. And if you need something for your home, cozy throw, some curated decor, candles, check it out. They even have a rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase. So find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off the first order when you use the code DMA at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code is DMA. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. I think the other hard part for me, I don't know if you guys have had this problem too, is that in that limitness, sometimes I find myself overextending myself as a mom, like with the sake of like, oh, they need me. Yep. Like simple example, yep. like I take two of my kids, they go to a Mother's Day Out program. And in the morning, my oldest ones have been wanting to get up and go with me to drop them off. And I know getting four kids out the door by myself mm-hmm. is horrible. And I yep. don't have to because my husband's here. So, but I feel bad because they want to be with me and want to spend time. And so one day... My oldest tried to sneak out. She woke up the second. And I was in this like argue battle, like, why didn't you just go back to bed? And don't you? And why? And then I realized I got in the car and the Lord was like, you know, you just could have told them that they can't go. And that mm-hmm. would have been better than you scolding them for making mm. you late and you being frustrated mm. because you're waiting now for two more kids that you didn't want to go. And because that was like my little microcosm of time at the start yeah. of the day. And so he's like, you can just learn to say no. But it was hard because I didn't want to hurt their little feelings. And then it's been hard to hold it because like every time since then, they're like, you never let us go. I'm like, I literally just told you like last week that you couldn't go anymore. But just holding that boundary to protect my quiet time was hard for me as a mom too, because I feel almost like I have to fill every gap and I need to be there for you at all times because I don't want you to feel like you weren't supported as a child. My therapist like, stop parenting them. They, they are not being parented by your parents. Like- you do not need to respond to your trauma for them. So mm, that's good. But I think it's, I feel like we could talk for a long time because even you, I can so resonate with it being difficult uh, with a background with trauma to say no, right? It's hard to say no. It's hard to know that that's happening sometimes before it has already happened. And it's hard to think I've got the power to do that and it's okay. And then not feel bad about it. Like, I mean, and I think that's the thing in our parenting, like we, God's growing us up too. Like, Mm -hmm. like you said, we've been given this responsibility and yet he's still growing us up and healing us. And that's happening all at the same time. And so I don't know. My ideal is that, my ideal, and I don't know if this will happen in like 20, 30 years, but like we have this like family motto of grace, like that we give grace to grow. I don't know that I am living that out perfectly right now, but I would love, I would love that to be something that they see me walk out for myself and learn for themselves. Like, Hey, I'm not perfect. And I blew it today. I'm, I'm learning, I'm growing. And maybe that's something that they leave our home with. Yeah, there's a lot of apologies. <laughs> you got to be real tough, girls. Get the get the, oh my get the, gosh, get yeah. the stuff all worked out because it's not easier when the teens start giving their feedback and they have their notes on what they would parent differently. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good sign, though, like that they are open enough to give that feedback. Like you've created some kind of safety for them 
which is the goal. Like, it doesn't feel good. Nobody, I mean, think no, about it in our marriages. Like, we don't want to get that necessarily, the critique even from, you know, our spouses. But it's good because if we don't know, then that bitterness sees and it creates separation. And like, for me, that's the last thing I want for my spouse, for my kids, like from people I care about. Like, I would rather you give me a chance to adapt and grow and respond to something mm-hmm. I did wrong than just shut down and not give me the information at all. But I was thinking about what everybody was saying. I was thinking like, it wasn't just the two fish and five loaves. I'm also remembering the woman with the two mites and Jesus looks at her when she mm-hmm. comes and she gives that little and he's like, she's given mm-hmm. more than anybody else because mm-hmm. she gave all she yep. had. And I just think, that's oh, kind of how good. we show up, you know, in our homes and our ministries. Like it literally feels like two mites, like two pennies. And like we just show up with the little that we have. We show up with and the that's little all bit he needs. and that's all he needs. Like he is perfectly capable and has for all time and all eternity. The narrative of scripture is that he takes absolutely nothing, broken people, people who make mistakes repeatedly. And he takes that. And he feeds multitudes and, you know, he makes miracles mm-hmm. and he weaves a perfect savior and prophecies through it. And so if he can work through mistakes and had, that's all he's had to work with is broken people and people who make mistakes for all eternity, then we can trust him to work in our homes in the microcosm of it as well, because our story is just as important to him. And now we can see That'll why Brittany is a Bible preacher. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I mean, we can just real quick touch on this. I don't know if y'all have like a quick statement, but why do you choose in the margins, the little margins to do outside ministry? And I think, I mean, I could speak for you to say, like, I see that it's a gifting and it's like it needs an outlet, but, or even, you know, Angel, like you're choosing when you have kid free time to do these non-for-profit and coaching things. Like what is the driver? Because it goes beyond the financial. This is personal, right? What's the driver? Why? I think my definition of ministry has changed over the last six or seven years. Um, Yeah, it definitely has changed. And I I think I used to think of what ministry was, was in front of people or big, impressive, you know, whatever the thing was that Christendom at the time, like this is ministry. And now – I'm like, I am doing ministry. And I don't mean that in a diminishing way or that that's all it's ever going to be. But when I sacrifice what I selfishly would want to do with the goal of serving another in the name of Christ, that is ministry. And I I actually think that sometimes, at least for me, like not being on church staff or like in a, in the, official capacity, I think it's actually helped me minister in a more authentic way because it's in these invisible ways that no one's seeing. So it's just between me and God. And I I think that's where real ministry happens. I don't know that real ministry is when all the lights are on all the time. I think it's when nobody's watching sometimes and we meet with the least of these. And I think like when you think about motherhood, like I was thinking about this a little bit last night. I mean, Jesus all the way through scripture, he's talking about bring the children to me. Like it's when it's the least of these that you see the kingdom of God. And so, so I, I think 
I, I am doing some things off to the side um, in addition to mothering. And I do think that that helps me be a good mom. This is a little bit of a caveat from what I'm saying about ministry looking a little bit different. For me, it is really beneficial to have a break from mothering to be able to engage with adults and remember that there are things that I enjoy and I'm good at. And then I can come back and use a different part of my brain and heart. And I am kind of fueled from each of them in different ways to be able to give to the other part. So for me, it is it has looked different in different seasons. For the last, I would say, like 10 years, that has been a lot of like staying home with kids and not doing a lot of things off to the side. In the season that I'm in now, it's doing more of some things off to the side. But either way, it was trying to be obedient to what I felt like God was asking me to do at the time. And that's where ministry starts, however you slice it. But it's someone like where you are. Like I remember when you were in those years and it feels, it is very hard to believe this is ministry. Like not getting yeah, invited to like a stage. Death. It feels like death. Yeah. It de- well, it, because it, there's it a mom death. right. Like, there's a mom yeah. right yeah, now it, who's in that. She's very capable. She maybe was teaching Bible study or was on staff, and now she's home full time, and she is feeling unseen, unheard, unimportant, undervalued. Yes. Yeah, I literally told Tim when I stopped working at one point, I was like, I want a yearly review and <laughs> I want you to go through it. And I want you to look at all of my objectives from the year and how I achieved them. And I want to score and I want a race. I, I mean, <laughs> nobody gives you that for motherhood. That was actually a suggestion I had for you. And I forgot to give it to you, Heather. I think at like around Mother's Day, you should have like a printable of that for people to be able to Not give everybody moms, wants that but, review. Okay, Angel. That's okay, just, I like, think it would be fantastic. We all... I just want the yeah, exactly. we all would benefit from that because they would realize I'll how much you're doing. Bonus on Mother's Day too. Like, okay, a, a yearly bonus. <laughs> this is this is what you've saved our family from. But yes. no, the the thing that I would say, mm-hmm. Heather, to those people, is what God's been teaching me. Like I have been in the desert with God, yeah. right? And you look at major characters throughout Scripture. There are periods in the desert yeah, where nobody see them and mm-hmm. nobody knew what was going on, but God was working. And you look at Moses, and I looked at his story recently. I've been spending some time there, and it's very interesting to me because he goes into the desert, and he spends 40 years there, and nobody really knows what's going on, and then God calls him to go back to save Israel, and he's like, who am I? And he starts out with, like, who am I? And God works him through. It, it doesn't matter who you are. It matters... I am yes. who I am is sending you. And I think that's what happens in motherhood. That's what happens when yes. we go off into the desert and no one's seeing us is that we learn with God. It doesn't matter who you are. It matters who I am. Yes. And I am teaching you in this moment when you mm. are, you feel like you're dying and you're invisible. I am teaching you what you're going to use. It is a season like even though it feels like a long season, that decade or however long God has you in that season, it's just like a season. And that is not all it is going to be. And there will be a time where you will come out of the desert. The Okay. There's this quote that I love by Oswald Chambers, and it says this, God always gives you a vision before he takes you into the valley to batter you into the shape of the vision so that you can be trusted with the reality of the vision. Mm. And whatever vision God gave you, 
is still coming, going to come to pass, but you are being battered into the shape of the vision so that you can be trusted with the reality of the vision. And let me tell you what, if you can be trusted with the little souls that he has entrusted to you, you can be entrusted with more, but you're learning with those little souls how to be entrusted with more. And that is where he's teaching and forming you mm-hmm. into what he is calling you to be. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Now they're preaching, another mic drop. Y'all, I mean, bring two people in here with the seminary degrees. I'm like, you know what you're going to get. Now, what do you got, Brittany? So, no, you were just saying that, and I was thinking about how so many times we discount parenthood as pastory. Like, we don't equate them to be the same. But in the Bible, when it talks about a pastor, we're just talking about a shepherd. And the shepherd's job was to protect, oversee, feed, take care of. They're shearing sheep. Like, I recently... During the fact that sheep cannot drink from running water, they had to only drink from still water. So it was the shepherd's job to literally lead them, like Psalm 23 says, to the still waters. Because if they drank from mm-hmm. running water, it was dangerous. Like they had thick fleeces on mm-hmm. and they would fall in and then they'd just be swept along with the current. So they would not drink from running water. And so when you think about just the care that it took to take care of sheep, they are easily snatchable. You know, they follow in a way, but they knew their shepherd's voice. And Jesus tells us, you know, that he is the good shepherd. And so I think sometimes, like you said, we discount parenting as pastoring. We discount it as ministry. And I think it's because the church, the modern day church has done a very poor job of amplifying platform positions over pew positions, as if there is a difference in anointing required for them. There's a difference in weight and responsibility, but the lay ministry that happens in the pew is the biggest part of the ministry. Like the, if we look at the book of Acts, like it records the miracles and the work, not just what the disciples did. Like, yes, their stories push the narrative, but the biggest marvel of it is how many people came and participated in unity in that body. As you were talking, I was like, it reminded me of this verse that I, I love. It's Isaiah 40, 11. It says, he will protect his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom. And then it says, he will gently and carefully lead those who are nursing their young. Who are the people that are nursing mm. their young? Those are the moms. Mm. Like those are the young mm. ones that are taking care of the young people. So when you feel like in this season, like um, my gifts are going unused. I feel like me personally am dying because <laughs> the things that I thought, like I got that because to feel like you're called and you're capable and you can do all these things and then have no outlet for it, have it like just dry up because you need to stay home or because you choose to and you're just wrestling with how God is going to use these other parts of yourself or am I just going to be stuck in this like, caring and wiping bottoms and changing diapers and, you know, cleaning pew and not having a bra that fits. Like, is this my story (laughs) for all time? You know, like this, is this it? And I think the good news for me about the desert experience is like, people don't look forward to the desert because it's not the mountaintop, right? Mm -hmm. Like nobody wants Mm -hmm. to be down in the valley, but it's in the valley that you meet God. Like it's in the valley that he leads you to the still waters. It's in the desert. Like we forget he led Moses out to the desert and that's where Moses met God. The children of mm-hmm. Israel left. He could have bypassed the desert altogether, went through the lush land, but it were, there were giants there that they weren't ready to face. Like everybody's like, oh, their stubbornness kept them on 11 day journey. Well, let's start at the top. God said he took them a different route so they could know him. The whole point of the wilderness experience was before they added 40 years to the journey, 
was that that two to three years was so they would get to know God, his heart, how he wanted to come and tabernacle with them. So if you skip the desert part, you don't know God the way you're supposed to know God. Like you cannot skip that. Like that is a step that you have to walk through and you, you will walk through again. Like you will go through a desert season. You'll come into the promised land. God will give you a, cause let's not forget part of that promised land wasn't all greenery. Some of it was desert too, but there were giants and battles for them to fight there. And God is so gracious to us that he will not take us up against giants that we are not equipped and ready to handle. But he's also so gracious to us that he's that he not will, equipped either, that he mm-hmm. will not walk us into territory like they didn't walk in and all the territory was just theirs uninhabited they had to take down battles at a time he will take you gradually into that ground and you have to be willing to allow him to equip you with the consistency with him because what made the difference in every battle they went against is whether or not they sought god and followed what his prescription was for it so if you try to go through it without the link to god that you need it's not going to matter what's in front of you like and there's a lot more than just ministry in front of you there's the teenage years that we have to be prepared to battle with access to the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. Bless. I did not sign up to discuss that today. Which thing? Just FYI. <laughs> Teenage years. I cannot handle that right now. I do no, not want can't. to discuss that. And that is the great part is you do one thing at a time and you go through the beautiful time of the middle, the, the elementary years. And my advice to y'all is you just really – Soak those years up and really bond and connect and don't <laughs> Every- let – because you could fall asleep in those years because they're not as challenging physically as the littles and they're not emotionally challenging like the teens. And so you kind of are like, phew, I'm finally getting a breather. No, that's when you need to be deep in relationship. That's the mm-hmm. weekly dates or the monthly dates. That's the yeah. times when they want to be with you and you have mm-hmm. access to their souls and you want to have that core relationship. That's my advice. You take the family vacation. If you're going to take a family vacation – do it when you're not doing diapers and naps and exhausted. Do it when you can actually have fun. Okay. Y'all are amazing and we are going way over time and you have other things to do in your life. Um, but we might need to do this again because I think there's more we could talk about. I mean, I love to yeah, talk and to share my thoughts. Um, <laughs> y'all are talking about leaning on God. Do you have two seconds? Now you're going to have to just real quick, just say a statement. Okay. Both of you. When do you make time to read God's word or pray? So I have a, I have a trigger. It has not been working lately. So blame the undiagnosed ADHD, but I'm working back to it. So I have a trigger that when I get up to, when I first get up, I open the Bible app. So I read the first thing and then I have a plan that's already set for me to just read. I'm doing the Bible recap. So I just, I don't have to think about what's next on the plan. Somebody organized it for me. And I do that while I'm brushing my teeth. I have multiple triggers because, again, the distractions. Trigger sounds negative. You just mean like a habit trigger. No, Yeah, habit trigger. Like, so when I do yeah. this, I do this. Like, I have to link it mm-hmm. to something else that's already a habit to make it a habit. Mm-hmm. So when I brush my teeth, I turn on the thing. If I get distracted by a kid, the next opportunity is when I'm in a car or when I'm getting my coffee. And then the next opportunity is at nap time. So the idea is that I don't pick something entertaining like Instagram or YouTube or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't pick that until I've read the Bible. So if I get to the end of the night and I haven't read it, it at least, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing it now. But it keeps me from filling that space with something else. It is not foolproof, but I do that. And I try to pray a lot of breath prayers and kind of the same thing. So, Yeah, this is not going to be a popular answer for um, a Christian podcast. Is it a real, real? But I, it is a real, real. You know, I've got a lot of 
I got a little bit of baggage mm-hmm. in my just. In, I'll, this isn't a one liner. Um, I grew up with a. I'm a preacher's kid, and my dad was super disciplined and super good about doing. He woke up at like four o'clock in the morning every morning and had his quiet time and did all of his things. And um, I got to a point where that I don't know the the expectation and kind of the because I'm not as disciplined in that way. I'm not a morning person and kind of the shame that went along with that kind of sucked it of its fruitfulness for me. And so I, it looks a little bit different for me right now. This is not, I'm, I'm hesitant also to use this phrase because, um, but it's been really helpful for me in my walk with the Lord. But uh, I was recently introduced to somebody that is a spiritual director. And so I have been meeting with them and for, I don't know, probably like a year or two. And so there's kind of like a certain way that they walk you through reading scripture that's been really connective to me and kind of like opened it up in a new way. It's it's not really complicated. They just read like a passage of scripture is it Lectio Divina? I'm about to say, is it Lectio yes. Divina? Why yeah. are you hesitant? You're always, you're always caveating yourself. It's good. Yes. Yeah. So no. it is. it is really opened up scripture to me in a really personal way. So I'll just say right now I have an 18-month-old and I'm not super disciplined about having my quiet time in the way that I was taught to have a quiet time every day. My youngest just started going to Mother's Day out. So I, for the fall, am trying to mark off Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays after I drop them off at Mother's Day out for like, that's like the first time I've had in 10 years to like not have kids. So I have some time in there and I kind of read through whatever the spiritual, like wherever I've left off with the spiritual director, I read through that passage of scripture and kind of see what hits me. But I'll just be honest, like I'm not, I'm not super disciplined in that way. I would like to be better in that arena. That's not something I feel like I can like toot my horn about right now. But I think that's very real, and I think it's more accessible to also, say, I, I love Jesus. Yeah. Listen. You what? say what now? I, say, I said read. I don't read it. It's an audio Bible talking to me. I should you listen? That. I listen. I've got to I get into that, that because – It's like the Lecto Divina. I need to get into that. And if you – Yeah. I also don't listen in the version I study. The New Living Translation is really animated um, when you listen to it on the Bible app. Like, and you can change to a female voice if you want to. Did you know that? Okay. So. I did not know that, but I love audio, like I love podcasts. And so I think I'm, I might need to try that out. Um, that's a good So that's the trigger is to push play, I should say that. So yeah. <laughs> it's, I was yes. like, I realized, I, I was I like, oh, I'm not that. sitting down reading while I'm, I was like, they're probably, how are you reading with your toothbrush? No, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. If you're getting ready a little bit in the morning and brushing your teeth, yeah, mm-hmm. you can hit play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all are amazing. Thank you so much for being with me and trusting me and being real and just doing your very best, even if it's maybe not this bar, this really crazy bar we set for ourselves. Your kids are blessed to have you. And so thanks for encouraging the moms today with your real. Yeah. Five loaves, two fish. That's right. Just give them to the Lord and see what he does with them. That's right. All right. Thanks, y'all. Okay, I hope this was encouraging to you if you can relate to this journey of Brittany and Angel. My goal is to just bring on a variety of stories. We all have different mom stories. That's the gift. But we also might have a friend who we could connect with who has a similar story and we can encourage them in their journey. I'm going to pray for us. Lord, I thank you that you are so for us. 
that even if a season of small children is lasting a really long time and we feel hidden and unseen and unnoticed and unimportant, we know you value the role that we're playing as moms in our kids' lives, the role of loving care, the role of just our connection with you, God, and that that will overflow into their hearts and minds just by us choosing to keep our eyes fixed on you. I also pray that you will help us to see the places in the margins where we can use our gifts, whatever those gifts are, that we would see um, that you made us for your purposes and just for your delight and that we would find joy and fulfillment in the small places I I literally pray that you would open the eyes of the woman who's listening today that is feeling lost in motherhood and wanting to use uh, her loves to give back to others or just to feel fulfilled. You'd help her see where are those places? Where are you inviting her into? We know that you're at work all around us and you're inviting us to join you. Maybe even something we can partner with our kids to do. Or just to be. (laughs) Is there a person in our lives that needs companionship? Open our eyes to see that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes I feel like I'm repeating the same things over and over again, but I also know that we're so forgetful. And maybe you needed to hear something was said today. Even if you know it's true, you just needed to be reminded that it was true today. And so that is why we gather. That is why we get together as moms and friends to bring that truth to the forefront of our minds so that the enemy doesn't get a foothold and kind of tell us lies and take us off track and discourage us because it, a discouraged mom is oh, breaks my heart because I've been there. I, I have maybe even this week been there and I just want to hold out a hand and say, God sees you. He has empowered you with his spirit call a friend, text a friend, ask them to pray, but meet with somebody this week. Share your heart with someone this week, even if it's five minutes. And okay, I mean, I could go on a rant for a long time, y'all. I will meet you back here next week. And thanks for joining me today. Thanks for sharing with your friends. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.